Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia Podcast. Today I did a great episode with Angelo Vanity. You can find him over on Instagram at Angelo Vanity. Um, he's also on YouTube at the, under the same name. Really, really cool kid, 18-year-old dude, um, really into fashion, also has emetophobia. I believe he's the first male uh, to be on the podcast, which is kind of interesting. Uh, we just had a really long, great conversation. I like these um, more you know, open-ended podcast episodes where there's no like guidelines. You just have a conversation for an hour. This one's closer to two hours, so just a heads up. There's also um, quite a trigger warning on this one. We do talk about a lot of emetophobia related things that have to do with trigger words. So if that's something that you're having a problem with right now, uh, I just want to let you know that before you go into this episode. But all that being said, enjoy the episode. Make sure to go follow me on uh, Instagram at the Emetophobia Podcast. We also have a YouTube now that's called the Emetophobia Podcast, and I'm on all the streaming platforms for this podcast. So you guys have a wonderful day and enjoy the podcast. Have a good one. Hey, what's up, man? How you been? I've been all right, man. How about you? Good, good. I'm all right, man. We just lost power about 10 minutes ago, but luckily uh, I'm outside, so it's kind of nice out here in the truck, but we oh, like... yeah, you got to be careful with the... I think you can't stay inside your car too long with the heater, right? Yeah, I, I've, been, get... I've been running the heat in the, um, the, like the seat heater and everything for a while, but I got it shut off now, so we're all good. We're all good. All right, all right, dude. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know why we keep losing power, though. It's like, maybe it's just because it's winter and it's cold as shit, but, like, it's just our area loses power constantly. I don't understand what it is. So Yeah, well, actually, the weather right now in Texas, it was, like, 90 degrees yesterday, but now it's 36 degrees, so I don't know what happened. No shit. Honestly. So you're from Texas, eh? Yeah, I'm from oh, Texas. Yeah. I live in Houston, and it's never cold over here, but these past two years, it's been, like, freezing. I was going to say, you're on, like, the whole opposite side of the fucking United States from me, man. It's crazy. I'm yeah. up. I'm up in Michigan, so it's cold up here. Oh, okay. Very okay, that's cold. like the that's always cold. Yeah, it's snowing right now. It's been snowing all day. It's a, and it sucks because the weather's always like, no, it's not going to snow at all. And then as soon as it like you wake up in the morning, it's either like three, four inches on the ground, and it's still snowing, or it's just like ice everywhere all the time. Yeah. What are you drinking? I got me some green tea with uh, a bunch of honey in it. It's delicious. Okay. I'm drinking diet Pepsi. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, I figured yeah. like we could just kind of sit here and bullshit for as long as you want. I usually try to keep it around like 45 minutes to an hour, but if you got to go early, just no problem whenever you want to leave. Um, nah, I got, I got a full time today. I'm off. Sweet. So. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So cool. Well, um, I figure let's just get into it. If you want to just tell me a little bit about yourself and like, uh, like how you grew up, maybe, uh, talk a little bit about your metaphobia and kind of how that came to be or whatever you really want to, want to, want to tell me, you know what I mean? All right, well, my name's Angelo Archibald, but my stage name or, like, my social media name for, like, doing fashion modeling and musician, book writer, whatever, that's all Angelo Van... I go under Angelo Vanity. Okay. And I'm from Albuquerque, United States. That's it's in New Mexico. Warm places. <laughs> Actually, it's colder than New Mexico. It's way colder than Houston. Oh, no shit. Okay. 
Yeah, it's like a cold ass desert. It's like the opposite of Arizona, pretty much. Yeah, I've never been past Chicago, so I don't know what it's like down down in the <laughs> lower part of the United States. So. Oh yeah, it's it's um I don't know it's bipolar it's bipolar man but yeah, I guess growing sure. up there you know it's always kind of been um a lot of toxic uh, masculinity type thing like when it's when it comes to like fears people are more like get over your fears you know yeah, face I get, I your get, fears yeah I know what you're and saying it's, it's, I'm just growing up with that already but sure. um, yeah I use my my music doing my music writing my book. Um, just fashion in general just to express myself because I'm not a very I'm a very shy person I'm not a very outgoing person I like to the only way I can actually be outgoing is through like like I said my music my fashion but speaking wise and actually speaking up sometimes I'm not the best with I'm just not good at words and wording myself correctly yeah so I try to do that my Emetophobia, I guess it, it came to be when I was around, now I'm 18, but it came when I was about 15. Okay. And it was out of the blue. I didn't even know what emetophobia was for a while. Right. Well, what when was I like got, the, the early stages of it? What, what it, is there like a, a certain moment? Like for me, I have a certain moment that kind of set me over that edge to where I started realizing that's what it was. Was there any kind of moment that it happened or was it just random as hell? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, actually, when I first got sick, whenever I got before, before, before I even like emetophobia and all that, I think I went on a streak for since I was like I vomited at six, mm-hmm. and then I don't want to use trigger words, my bad. No, I, I got sick. I got sick at six, and then I didn't get sick for a long, long time. Like I honestly, I didn't really think much of it. You know, I didn't have emetophobia back then. And then when I was 15, I got food poisoning and I got really sick. Mm. And the thing that I feel like that it's not that it's like the actual act of doing it. So I'm not afraid to see people like, you know, do it in front of me. I'm not afraid of like seeing it on TV or anything or hearing the word, but I'm, I'm just afraid of doing it myself. Like it just honestly scares the sh- living shit out of me. Doing yeah, I know it myself. What you mean. yeah, for sure. But the moment that I feel like, even after I got sick at 15, I didn't really have a metaphobia after that. I was just kind of like, I don't really care. I'm not going to get sick again. Mm-hmm. I even drank a lot after that. But then there was a moment right when I was, I think I barely turned 16 and we went to go see a movie and I was really nauseous already going into this, going to, I think it was Jumanji 2. It's when oh. Jumanji 2 came out. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the, the movie theater was packed and I was like thinking, oh, what if I need to like, you know, get sick? Like there's a lot of people around me. Where am I gonna do it at? That's when that's that's when I first started. I started getting the anxiety of it, literally, like at that moment. And then I remember I ran to the restroom and I just sat on the floor and yeah. I was like just waiting to do it. And it really caused all this anxiety and fear of oh I don't want to do it. And then I started watching videos like anti nausea relief and wearing headphones and doing these pressure points. And then after that, it became obsession. I think for like four months, five months straight, I would get like nauseous every single day and it was like really messy Mm. it was really messy i was obsessed with cleaning and everything and it just became a really bad habit but um i would say it cleared up for a good while like a good good while until about um recent i would say recently honestly uh until 20 September 2021 I went through 
so first off, I went through uh, my girlfriend of a long time. She, uh, you know, she cheated on me, and I was like really depressed over that. And you know, when you're really, really depressed a lot, it's not just the depression from that, but it's like a lot of other things trigger, like your anxiety. Yeah. You know, so you do get nauseous from the anxiety, and just and then you're just freaking out. You don't know what to do. You're already depressed. And then literally two days later, after I found out she was cheating. Um, my stepdad, well, I, he's pretty much my father. He ended up passing away. Oh, so sorry to hear that, man. I was, yeah, I was, I was going through two different things sure. at the same time. And it was a hard, obviously the stepdad thing was way worse, but like all this pressure and even my mom was actually getting sick just from my stepdad passing. So it was really giving me anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly didn't get better until about November I started to really uh, get into meditation and I started helping people with their anxiety with meditation and just breathing, deep breathing. Um, I want to get more into ASMR to help anxiety and stuff. But I found that honestly meditation from as crazy as it sounds, Russell Brand, you know, Russell Brand. Oh yeah. Yeah. I watch him on YouTube a lot. Yep. Yeah. 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 His meditations for anxiety. He's the one who kind of inspired me. Him and this guy from Headspace, his name is Andy Putty, Putty, I can't say his name, but he's a, he's like a monk or something. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if you heard about him. Yep. And then there's another um, show called Impact Theory. Have you ever watched that one on YouTube? I don't know the guy, I don't know the guy's name, but him and that, the guy you were just talking about, they have pretty much the same people come on their show. Impact Theory though, like. It's it has changed my life watching that show. I've I've met or I've not met, but I've seen so many awesome people. Like that's why I learned about Wim Hof. Have you ever heard about him before? No. He's a guy that's really into like ice therapy, where like you um, push your body through cold. Like today, I took a shower and I, I take a, sh- a hot shower for like the first part of my shower, and right at the end, I kick it all the way down to as cold as it will go, and I just stand there and I breathe, and it's almost like a form of meditation for your body to show your body that you can get through things that you normally wouldn't be able to, because like. Normally, you're not thinking, like, I can stand in freezing cold water and be okay. But as you start yeah. doing it, you get more and more comfortable. And now I can stand there for up to a minute and a half now and just stand in the cold water. And you just all about, like, you just focus on your breathing, nice deep breaths. Like, it almost feels like you're going to pass out at first. But as soon as you get past that little moment, you get into this, like, almost... Um, it's like you're numb for a moment. Everything kind of just goes away. And then when you're done, like you're just like, Oh my God, you just get so like, it's like this intense rush of energy because like you're just, you're basically like resetting your body from, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it it just works. Like it's, it's been such a life changing thing for me to do now. And it's something that I've been preaching to people a lot. Like even, um, taking like an old garbage can, like, well, not an old one, obviously, but but getting a new garbage can and filling it up with uh, water and ice. And like, if you're in Texas, it's probably a little more difficult here in Michigan. I could just fill it with water. It would freeze every day. And then you just break the ice down a little bit, hop right in there and just submerge yourself up to your shoulders. And you just kind of like stand it as long as you can. Try not to force yourself to stay in it, but just try to stay in like at least like a minute and just breathe. And it's really, it's yeah, like a big ice bath. And if you, if you look into Wim Hof a little bit, he's this guy, he climbed Mount Everest in nothing but shorts. He's a guy that no, he can change his entire mindset. He, they also injected him with, um, E. Coli and him and like a, a bunch of other people that he trained to do this. And with his power of his own mind, completely eradicated the E. Coli out of his system and did not die from it. Which is like, they thought it was impossible. No, didn't get sick at all. They did it all in a hospital and everything. And like, it was all recorded by scientists. And 
he basically he was in an ice bath and he was melting the ice because his body temperature was going up so high because he could literally change his body temperature with just his brain. So after I learned that, I started really looking into more stuff. Now I'm into this like whole foods diet where I become vegetarian or vegan. I don't eat any more meat. I do eat meat. I eat crab every once in a while. I have sushi every once in a while. It's like my only last thing I've been holding on to. But yeah. only whole foods every day. Three times a day I have a smoothie. And it's just a bunch of like, I'll put like parsnips, celery root, berries, apples, pomegranate. It's like everything I could possibly fit into a smoothie. And I drink three of those a day. I try to stay just with the tea. No more caffeine. No more uh, processed sugars. Nothing, dude. Like it's it's been a super... No sugars at all? No sugars at all. Only honey and uh, anything that's in the fruit. That's it. No no extra sugar whatsoever. And that must help the whole um, anxiety, nausea thing, though. Dude, I don't have panic attacks. I also quit smoking weed, which was a huge one. That was, like, one of my biggest... I was, you know, I was just stressed out, so I figured, you know, I could just smoke weed. It'll help me out. But I learned over the time that, like, smoking weed does not help you at all. I've just not had a good time. It's It usually just makes my panic attacks worse. Same with alcohol. Yeah, they... Yeah make it go away for a little bit and then it's like you go right back to real life and then it's even worse so it's been like a huge change like you told change. me uh, that you got you even got sick from alcohol yeah which yeah. that's not yeah yeah and actually weed almost got sick too actually the, the two days before after my stepdad passed away me and my cousin we smoked and this time I think it was like laced or something yeah I feel you I smoked and I had the worst panic attack of my life like I actually thought I was gonna die and throw up it was the worst I've had the same thing so, happen dude that's like when when my emetophobia originally started, I think I told that story on my podcast where um, I was with my friend and he got really sick, had food poisoning, and then the next day I went to a party. The weed that I got for that party, I think, was laced because I ended up passing out and I remember waking up and I couldn't breathe. Like, I woke up and I was, like, gasping for air and my heart was beating so fast I thought it was going to explode. And then that next day after that was, like, the day I got emetophobia. That was, like, when it started for me where I realized, like, I have something really wrong with me and I was, like starting to become very socially anxious and I couldn't be in public around people and it was scary shit yeah Super and also scary. I think even just getting sick it might remind you since at the time you were doing like like a lot of partying and stuff maybe it just reminds you of a bad time in your life that's yeah. why when yeah. you get nauseous it triggers that I've learned a lot about that with emetophobia where I if anybody gets sick around me I tend to associate them with negative energy for some reason and it's just because I'm yeah. s like super scared of them at that moment but now I've gotten better at just kind of looking past that because my girlfriend now, her family, they all drink a lot and everything. So I have to just kind of be around drunk people all the time. And I have to just kind of let go a little bit and say, you know, if they get sick, they get sick. But that has nothing to do with me. That's OK. Like they're just getting sick because they're drinking too much and it's their problem, not mine. I don't have to take care of them. Like so it's just one of those like reassurance things in my head. I have to just reassure myself constantly that everything's going to be OK. Like it's going to be fine. And I just have to have a good time, you know. Exactly, and it must be worse. I mean, I like I said, I've never experienced uh, being afraid of other people getting sick around me because I have a little sister, and she has autism, and she gets sick a lot because she different textures make her nauseous. I don't know how to explain it. I know what you mean, yeah. But, yeah, like, she can't touch, like, Play-Doh or else she'll, like, literally throw up everywhere. Oh, wow. It's weird. Yeah, but she gets sick a lot, and uh, I don't really panic about it because I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's my sister. I've never, but it must be tough for like people like you who are afraid of seeing people get sick, especially in a world where getting sick is such like a comedy thing. Like, it a, is. you know, it's like a comedy relief. It really like, oh, is. I'm going to hurl. Like, you know, the, on the comedy, comedy TV shows, they try to make it like a funny thing. Yep. In reality, you're like, no, I'm, I'm dead afraid of this. Yeah. And I see it on TikTok a lot. I, I'm big into TikTok now. 
And uh, just today I was watching something and this guy took a little helmet off of his baby's head. He's like, oh, this stinks. And he smells it. And then he just starts gagging, like uncontrollably gagging. And I'm like, and then everybody in the comments are just, yeah, dude, it was so triggering for that moment because I wasn't expecting it. And like, I'm pretty good with it now. I like to just watch it. I just like to get it over with. I'm like, I'm just going to watch the video. And then once you get done with it, it's, it's like that exposure therapy situation. So that's kind of why I almost like it in a way, but I, it's, it's scary when you're not expecting it. It's but, weird how it's like a, the exposure of it. It's like you want to watch it because it helps you, but then also it's like kind of like, eh, it doesn't make you nauseous. Well, yeah. for me, it don't make me nauseous, but it makes me more like, okay, I feel like whenever I, uh, people around me, whenever they tell me there's stories of them getting sick, it honestly kind of helps me in a way. Yeah. It's like, it's like everybody does it, you know, it's a normal thing to get sick. It's a natural, but for some reason in that moment when you're afraid, you honestly think it's so unnatural and scary. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not even like the, it's not even throwing up. I feel like we're scared of, I think it's just the overwhelming anxiety of it for some reason. Cause it's the fear of the unknown. Like I, I listen to Jordan Peterson a lot too. And he, yeah. he talks about this thing called like the dragon theory where there's a dragon living in this kid's house and he keeps trying to tell his parents about it. And they just keep saying, no, there's no dragon. There's no such thing as dragons. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it like, it eventually stands up and picks up the entire house and walks away with it. And the, he's like, mom, we're, we're literally floating in the air on this dragon. Like, and she's like, there's no such thing as dragons. And then finally, once they start realizing that the dragon's real, it starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's kind of the whole point is just, if you let the dragon take over, it's going to take over your life. And if you are kind of, almost friends with the dragon in a way. That's kind of what I've done over the years is I've noticed like I can't get away from my emetophobia. So I have to almost become friends with my demons and invite them into my life and say, Hey, you're here to stay. So we might as well live in symbiotic relationship here and just kind of live and exist and realize that this is part of my life now. And also realize that it's all a big fucking sham. It's all fake. It's all a big scare in my head that I created myself and it's all my own brain kind of setting me up for failure. Then I can change that. And that's where like this whole thing has changed now where I'm not so afraid of it. I'm more like accepting and just trying to move on and be like, all right, it's part of my life. Let's keep going. Like this is what it is. You know, it's just, that's how yeah, it, it's, it's gotta so be. Casual, it's so casual of you now. You're just yeah. like, okay, I have metaphobia, but you're just tired of explaining it to people at, at this point. Yeah. And I mean, I like talking then, about it, but it's, it's tough sometimes. People don't really get it. Like I want to explain it. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you want to explain it, people are like, oh, I got sick yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. Like, they literally, my brother, he's 26 and he's like an alcoholic. Yeah. And he always forgets I have the metaphobia and he thinks I'm like joking. So he'll, um, he'll be like, oh, what, what are you so afraid of? And like, throwing up. He's like, I, man, I throw up every single morning because, like, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. And I'm like, Whatever. but another good exposure therapy that I suggest for everybody is, is knowing that even the people who you look up to, like I said, my idols, like I didn't expect this, but I was watching my favorite artist. He passed away is uh, Mac Miller. Okay. I don't know if you heard when he passed yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he has a reality TV show and pretty much the first episode, he woke up and literally threw up on the floor. Like that's the first thing oh, they wow. show. It's cause he does a lot of, he used to do a lot of drugs. Well, yeah. he did. Yeah. That's what he died from. But him, he, you know, he threw up and then, uh, another artist I like is Machine Gun Kelly. He's 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 literally thrown up on stage a few times, like crazy. You know, it's a lot of a lot of people. They do it even if they're your like they're humans too. You know, even mm-hmm. animals. Lions throw up. Lions are fucking warriors, right? Yeah, dude. But they still 
They still throw up. Yep. And Wolves do all the time, man. They get sick and eat grass, man. It's like, really? Like, it's one of those things where you're like, even this thing that can just murder an animal and tear it apart, they get sick. And it's just, it's kind of funny in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like being, also, it's kind of, I feel like being sick also has to do with the people who have metaphobia, they're also afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because when you're sick, that's the ultimate vulnerability that you can have. Because everybody sees you as like, you're getting sick. Like, yo, are you okay? Like, you don't, people like, we don't like that. We like being always, um, keeping our composure. That's that's how I see it. Emetophobia is a huge, um, control thing. Like it's all about control. It's like, I couldn't, I couldn't ride in cars for a long time because I just didn't know what, like, it's one of those, like, what if I get sick? What am I going to do? That's all it yeah, is. It's exactly. all, all the time. That's why I don't like people don't like planes. That's why they don't like riding in cars. They don't like boats. Cause it's com- you're completely out of control. And that's what happened to me on that 4th of July thing where I got, I got the hangover the next day and I started getting really like yeah. dry heaving and stuff. That was crazy for me. Cause I, that was the first time I've ever done that. And I was like, dude, I was just completely out of control. Like I could not control how sick I was. And like, no matter what I did, it wouldn't go away. And like, usually, you know, you just eat a mint or chew some gum or like drink some water, or eat a cracker or whatever. And it kind of like just yeah. makes you have that like comfort feeling. Nothing was working. Like I'm like laying on a couch and I'm just like cold sweats and it was like coming in waves. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know if I can handle this. Like I just wanted to die. I was like, this is the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. And then I dry heaved for like five minutes. My girlfriend was there to comfort me. Everything was okay. And then after it was all said and done, I was like, hey, like, and I felt so much stronger after that. I'm like, dude, this was like a good experience because I actually like, I faced my demons for once and I couldn't control it. Like I was out of control, but it was like a good thing for me because I needed to be out of control for a minute. And it was crazy, man. Super crazy. Yeah. And also the, just the support of your like loved ones and everything. Yeah. Um, Going through metaphobia. I wish people understood it more, but sometimes it kind of gets overwhelming when you have a met- people know you have a metaphobia, but like you're just you're okay you're fine like say you're in a car you're just chilling and then if people who know you have a metaphobia like they like my mom or like my ex they'd be like not the ex that she don't mean it's another ex but they're like oh are you okay are you okay do you need mints do you need gum and then they freak me out and then yeah. they start giving me anxiety because i'm like yo i'm not you. i'm okay like i'm not having a panic attack mm-hmm. but you're making me feel like i'm gonna have a panic attack yeah and then like they'll be like oh no I don't know if you should go on a plane because I know how you are or I don't, but I'm like, yo, I'm fine. Like, especially this only happens at the times where I feel like I'm the, at my best, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you have those months, right? Where a few months you feel like you, you, you're okay. Like you're okay with doing certain things like riding in a car for however long or just going out. Yeah. And then some months or even just weeks straight, I would say you're like literally nauseous every single day. I have, I have kind of a fix for that, honestly. And I think it's consistency. I think that 99% of the problems that we have come from diet. I've been really thinking a lot back to my like really bad emetophobia days when it was really, really, really bad. And I remember all yeah. I ever ate was like peanut butter and English muffins. And I just drank tons of water and ate crackers and very like nutrient, like low foods that did not have any nutrients in them. So I was losing a lot of weight. I was very stressed out. I wasn't sleeping very much. I was constantly thinking about emetophobia all day and night, every day. I was chewing a ton of gum, which has aspartame in it, which you're just swallowing aspartame all the time, which is not good for you at all. So I think that it was one of those things where I thought those things were what were making me comfortable, but they were also hindering me in a big way too. And now that I've gotten past that, I can eat whatever I want. Like, I mean, to an extent now, I'm, I'm really limiting myself to, I try to eat only whole foods. So it's got to come from the earth and I don't want any packaging around it. I want it to be, unless it's like a bag of apples, you know what I mean? Something like that's fine. But 
I want there to be minimal waste and everything I eat, I want to be able to go in a bag and go into a compost pile. That's my goal. And that's what it's, it's been working really well. And I think that's what's now changed my life from being over emetophobia because mentally I'm over it. Like I'm, I know what it is. I've accepted it. I'm there. I'm, I'm like a hundred percent there, but it was the physicality of it. Like I was still feeling sick. I would get stomach aches. I'd eat like a fucking Snickers bar and just feel like shit. And I'm like, why do I feel like shit? And it's because you're eating a ton of sugar. It's disgusting. And then like, I would drink like a can of Pepsi and just feel terrible. And I'm like, why do I feel so shitty all the time? And it's like, I wasn't sleeping all the caffeine and coffee and nasty shit. And like, even just eating a slice of pizza is terrible for you. Like, it's not good. The cheese, the pepperoni, the bread, the sauce, all of it's processed. And it's bread that you're really, we're not supposed to eat bread. I don't care what people tell you. It's, you're just not supposed to eat bread. You're not supposed to drink milk. It's not made for us. You know, it's just not for human beings. And so yeah, humans are actually meant to eat, humans are meant to be vegetarians. We are. And we can eat a little bit of meat. Yes, that's fine. But like you think back to our ancestors, what did they do? They did a lot of foraging because that's what they did mostly. They would get berries, nuts, fruits and vegetables. They would grow their own crops. And then like maybe once a month they'd go on a big hunt and get an elk and that's what they'd eat for a couple of days just to sustain that protein. And that was it. Like that's you don't need the meat. You were primarily eating fruits and vegetables. We made meat into a big deal because of our government. The, the cathos that build all the or that uh, produce all the meat that we eat right now, they don't want to lose money. So they're going to keep pushing yeah. that meat all the time. Eat your Burger King, eat McDonald's, do that shit. You know, it's like, and that's the what they want to push. coming out more and more. But you're right about the diet thing because uh, I've always been on keto. Yeah, that's keto's always. all right. Keto's good for you. You're I've been, not meant to eat I have a little. Sugar. I have a little bit more of a thought process on keto now as far as the meat aspect of it goes. Um, yeah. I don't think it's. I, cause I used to do keto all the time myself. I'd eat like a pound of bacon every morning and eggs and cheese and all that stuff. But I realized dairy for me is a real big problem. Like it does not make me feel good at all. It, it makes yeah, everything worse. Dairy and bread just don't yep. make me feel so good. Bread, it, it literally makes my chest hurt. Like I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack when I eat bread now. It's weird. And I, I'm so sensitive to food now because I've been off of it for so long. I went through my withdrawal period, felt like terrible shit for a couple of weeks. And just like, I was withdrawing from sugar really. That was the big one. I have a huge sugar problem. I ate way too much candy. I was drinking uh, Pepsi and shit all the time. It was a huge problem. So now that I'm done with that, and I'm just on the fruits and vegetables every day. It's been like, like it's like a whole new life. You know what I mean? I don't feel sick honestly, ever. Honestly, you don't even have to, because when you eat that healthy, you probably rare people who eat that healthy rarely get sick. And you're probably not just doing it for your metaphobia, but just to be yeah a healthy person in general. It was COVID. You know? COVID did it. I got COVID like a few months back, and yeah, I pretty much fought it off like within a couple of days. It was like nothing, and so. That's what kind of made me realize, like, I really need to keep on this, this whole thing because like I was watching people around me get super sick, like really, really sick. And they also, their diet was terrible and they're like overworking themselves at work and not sleeping. So once I figured all that out and started eating a lot healthier, um, and I, I listened to this podcast called a, a plant-based riot is what it's called. And yeah. they talk about like the government and how it really pushes their agenda on you with food and how like there's a lot of just follow the money it's always follow the money if you follow the money to some company you'll see where that shit's going you know it's like they don't nobody cares about your health here in america it's a health industry and anything that's an industry just is there to make money so that's a problem for me so that's weird how 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 america they push these standards on you of being like a a tall uh, perfectly not too buff or like not too fat not too skinny kind of man but then the also or like even for women like being hourglass figure no stomach whatever you yeah. know what i mean but they also push out this horrible processed 
food on you. That makes yep. no sense to me, how they expect you to be this standard, but then they push out this food for you. Well, I don't want to push a conspiracy theory on anybody here, but I really, it, for one, it has a lot to do with money. It also has a lot to do with pharmaceutical companies because if everybody started eating a whole foods diet every day, no more meat, just fruits and vegetables, maybe a couple supplements here and there, some like superfoods, whatever you got to do. If we all started doing that, we would all stay out of the hospital consistently. Like nobody would be going to the hospital. Diabetes rates would go down to almost nothing. Like if you just switch your diet to a whole foods diet, you can literally eradicate diabetes. Type, I, I can't forget which type is which, but one you're born with, one you contract. So whatever the one is that you're not born with, we could completely eradicate that shit if we just had a healthier diet. It's all because of our diet. Sugar. Too much sugar. And when you eat... And, and at least keto. At least people could do keto at sure. the least. Like, yeah. Like, I'm still a proponent of it, yeah. Whole food, but like if people at least started eating healthier and started at least doing like no bread, you know. Yeah, that's a big No one. sugar. No soda, honestly, especially soda. Soda is probably the worst thing. Yeah, soda and candy. If you just knock those two things out, drinking diet Pepsi, but (laughs) I know I feel uh, diet Coke's like my diet Coke and diet just diet soda in general is kind of like my. uh, It's kind of like my my little. I don't explain it, but it's like my little like sweet. Where'd you Where'd you pick that up from? Like, where did that come from? That that addiction to that. It's because, um, I like when I started keto. I started keto a few months before actually I got sick and I got sick on my cheat day. So that's what I associated eating bad. I associated with getting sick. So whenever I eat on my cheat days, I always try to not eat a lot. Um, but I, so, cause I, I used to drink diet Coke and that would help me burp. And when I burp, it makes me feel good. And when I drink diet Coke, honestly, it's just like this rush of feeling okay. Just goes over my body. So when I'm having a panic attack, I literally just get, going i don't i don't get like a canned diet coke i'll go and like get it from the fountain like an ice and sure. either that or ice water usually help me yeah. when i'm nauseous but literally diet coke s- saves my life diet coke and hot tea and ice water always save my life for some reason ginger hot tea yeah like yeah. lemon ginger they always save my life but diet coke's like the number one i mean not the number one it's like the the last option like if I don't want to sit there and make tea, like that's like the urgent thing. And then ice water is kind of more like I know I'm probably dehydrated. I'll drink ice water. Um, but hot tea is more like at the nighttime because I don't drink Diet Coke at the night. Sure. You'll get acid reflux. Yeah, big time. Yeah. I, I, I'm just a huge like I hate diet anything. It's so bad for you because it's it doesn't have real sugar in it. So your body thinks it's taking in a ton of sugar when it's not. So it does the same insulin response. But See, I'm again, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or anything. This is just what I've learned from listening to podcasts. But, man, diet, any kind of diet, um, soda is just absolutely terrible for you. And it, it contracts you to have an addiction to it. That's the problem. It, it's a really yeah. addicting substance. It's scary. Yeah, I do have an addiction to it. And it, honestly, I feel like not, not just like a diet doesn't – it's honestly not just about losing weight. Because trust me, I was – I was uh, before I started my diet, before I started keto, I was 200 and – 30 pounds but i don't know if you see now like from my instagram i'm i'm, I'm, I'm looking in pretty good shape yeah know? yeah skinny guy for sure. i'm, not, I'm yeah. not bad looking you know girls like me now it's fine but it's not just that it's also about feeling good yeah because when i got sick uh at 15 i thought having that cheat day i was like oh you know i look good now you know i don't care i'm just gonna eat that's my cheat day i'm gonna eat like a, a fucking crazy person mm-hmm. and i'll have no consequences and it turns out I don't know. That's what that's what I see. The good. I like to see the good side of emetophobia. Because think about it, we don't 
do overdo things. Like we don't over drink. Yep. I mean, you did that one time, but yeah. now you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know, learned my lesson know. big time. Most people just like move on with that and never even think about it again. It's like the deciding factor of my life to quit drinking that day. I was like, I'm done. I can't do it ever again. And I haven't drank since that day. Like I have not drank a single yeah, fucking I, drop. I, I quit smoking weed, but imagine if I didn't have metaphobia. I, by now, who knows? I could have been like drug addiction runs in my family. So I could have been, you know? Yeah. And I think it, drugs it, also make you get sick. So I'm oh, not doing big time. drugs anymore. Yeah, my whole family, they've all been drug addicts. I've lost, like, my, my aunt and my uncle both to drugs and alcohol. And um, my dad has also been on the big pill binge for a long time. I He's probably doing good now. I don't talk to my father very often. My mom was an alcoholic my entire childhood, and she just recently quit within the last, like, 10 years because she moved in with her ex-boyfriend or whatever. And he's, like, a very straightforward dude who just doesn't like drinking. And so she kind of obliged. And she lost 100 pounds, dude. It's fucking insane. So there's just a lot of addiction in my family and I'm a very addictive person. Like I used to vape a lot too. So when I started yeah. vaping, I, I, it was like, Oh man, I got, I got to vape all day, fucking every day. I cannot. And I was doing that consistently all day, every day. I always had a vape in my it hand. Probably, it made, probably made you nauseous. Cause they say there's so the vape, bad. The nicotine in the vape. Oh. Makes you nauseous. And once I stopped, I was like, Whoa, I never realized how much better. Like I was just like drained. I was feeling, I felt like I was poisoned all the time. That's basically what I can attribute it to. And once I stopped, like I, I don't feel any of those feelings anymore. It's been insane, like, how much different you feel when you stop doing the things that are really fucking your life up. Because you don't realize it. You get so used to it. And you're like, yeah. it doesn't bother you anymore. And then once you stop, you're like, holy shit. Like, I was really sick for a long time. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, it's like the blind truth. You think about it, like, I was thinking about, oh, why was I sick all the time? Well, probably because you were eating a goddamn uh, a cookie in the morning and a fucking yeah. a, a big-ass regular sugar filled coke and mm-hmm. and a burger every single day that's probably why you felt like shit yeah but now you're eating healthy yeah for for like, i think I mean, it was eight years i ate burger king every morning i painted houses for eight years straight and every morning at seven in the morning we go to the burger king and get a little i'd get a vanilla iced coffee with light ice and a burrito junior and a hash brown small hash brown every fucking morning for eight years straight and yeah i must have not Dude, ins- like insane. I have to do it for every single morning, though. Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah, every like, morning. And then, not, not only that, but I eat it in the morning, and then at lunch we go to the grocery store, and I get fried chicken with potato wedges and a bunch of barbecue sauce and all that. Like, I And, like, I drink a Coca-Cola or a, or a Pepsi or something with it and then have, like, a, a candy bar. I, I really like the Hershey's with almonds in them. And then at night, I get out of work, and I go probably either to Burger King or Taco Bell or somewhere and just grab another bit of fast food and head my way home. It was like that. I did that for eight years straight. And I didn't really gain. I gained like 40 pounds at one point because I was also drinking a lot too and not taking care of myself. And then I'm yeah. sitting here wondering, like, why do I feel nauseous all the time? Why am I fucking sick every morning? I wonder why. And I'm like, yeah. dude. Yeah, like, I always feel like shit. Why yeah. am I gaining weight? It's not just with the metaphobia too. I'm, I hate, I hate, okay, I've been fat at one point, right? Yeah, so I, I was too for this. a while myself. Like, I've been yeah. really fat. Yeah, people, they make excuses for themselves. Like, people who are trying to lose weight, they're like, oh, but um, I wonder why I'm gaining weight. Um, I wonder why I'm fat. And then they try to make excuses for themselves. Like, oh, being fat isn't that bad. I'm not saying being fat is a bad thing. It's it's not. But if you want to take care of yourself, um, because just because you're like just sometimes just because you're fat doesn't mean you're unhealthy sometimes you're just naturally big but sure. if you know you're fat because of burger king and processed foods then 
you should probably take care of yourself. And sometimes people are really skinny, but they are the most unhealthy people in the world. And yeah. they're probably not going to live a long life. They probably feel like shit all the time. I call it being skinny fat, bro. <laughs> That's what it is. It's one of those, like, you can be as skinny as a twig, but, like, you're malnutrition. Like, you have no nutrition inside of you at all. And a lot of vegans are like that, I've learned. Because I've been talking to people about veganism. They're like, oh, I tried yeah. that shit, and I just feel like I was going to pass out all the time. And I'm like, well, what are you eating? Oh, I had, like, vegan burgers, and I would just drink a ton of water, and then, um, you know, I'd eat, like, an apple and this. I'm like, dude, you realize I'm putting more calories in my body now than I ever have in my entire life. Like, my morning routine is, like, two bananas, a whole, um, uh, or maybe, like, okay, a banana, two oranges, um, a, a handful of nuts in there, different kinds of nuts. I got uh, a pomegranate, some cantaloupe in there, a whole lemon. Just like, you know, as many fruits and vegetables, like all the colors of the rainbow in one smoothie, I do that three times a day. Like one at like 10 in the morning, one at noon, and then one before work at like 4 p.m. And then at work, I'm drinking that smoothie, I'm eating handfuls of pistachios or almonds while I'm eating more oranges and bananas and blueberries and like, dude, constantly eating all day and night. I never stop. And so it's like... Honestly, you look, really, you look really good, though. I mean, I think the last time we spoke, I think you looked way skinnier. Yeah, I was sure with my ex-girlfriend who was, like, draining my life away and with her two kids and her. And it was, like, that mixed with my diet, mixed with working too much. I quit my job recently, and I started doing a lot more at-home stuff. And I got a, a small cleaning job on the side. So I'm making... A, I'm actually making the same amount of money, but it's just a lot less work. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was around yeah, chemicals and... Yeah, time we talked, that was, like, a year. That was, like, a whole more than a year ago and yeah you it seemed like you were i think you were dating somebody else yeah i was in a bad place yeah. a very bad place at the time for sure yeah but you were really into it seemed like the emetophobia podcast thing was kind of like your little uh escape it was and I, I've, I've let it go for a long time i think i just ran away and was like kind of procrastinating against it and now yeah. i realize that like i still have the entire podcast all the episodes are still on anchor i have all that stuff on there i'm gonna take those episodes i'm gonna um record them back onto like my phone so that I can have them and then I'm going to post every episode on YouTube I've started the Emetophobia podcast YouTube channel so go subscribe for sure and uh, um, I'll be posting a lot of stuff on there and then I'm just going to do kind of like how to videos now like how to live an easier life with Emetophobia shit like that just kind of talk about my journey and how it's all helped me out you know I, I think what you should do is you should do a diet like a, a whole foods diet for people with Emetophobia like eat do smoothies and just like your diet in general because you said it helps you yeah but another thing that helps um with the nausea nausea every single day which i'm kind of being a hypocrite with this but staying hydrated big one just staying hydrated it's as simple as water like literally just staying hydrated and having some sort of like I mean, you said you don't like gum. I choose sugar-free gum. Yeah. But just having some sort of, like, mints or gum. You got to realize, like, hey, gum. sugar, sugar-free gum has aspartame in it. Aspartame is worse than sugar. I need, I just want you to understand that. Like, aspartame is terrible. It makes your, your intestines have formaldehyde in them. It's a scary thing. Yes. And it also contributes to autism and ADHD and a ton of other things. Like, it's kind of a scary situation. So just be, be very careful with aspartame. It's very scary as I'm chewing gum right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I switched to Altoids. Altoids have um, just straight sugar in them, and it's a very, very low amount of sugar. So it's not like super crazy amounts. And it, the, like the little circle chalk ones that come in the tin, you know what I mean? Those yeah. ones are the ones like, I, those are like my go-to. And honestly, with this new diet, I have almost had no mints for the last like week. 
It's been insane. Like, I don't, there's just no more mints. I don't really need them. I don't have the anxiety anymore. It's not like, I'd rather just drink a smoothie or eat an apple or something than have a mint. Like, that's where I'm at in my head now. Maybe I should start getting the Altoids because Altoids are actually cheaper than gum. Yeah, they are. And the gum is, it, it fucks your teeth up really bad too. At least the Altoids, you can kind of just suck on it and like, or like chew on it a little bit, but it's like chalk. So it doesn't really. Well, the bad thing about Altoids, the only reason I don't eat at them is because one time I was having a panic attack and I reached for Altoids and they didn't help me. That's the only, that's mm. only, that's kind of the connection. Yeah. I and then you. another time I ate too much Altoids and I got a stomach ache, but I mean, that's, that's kind of my fault. Sure. <laughs> that's the, kind of my fault. Although there's a little amount of sugar, it still will add up if you eat a ton of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. and uh, Mentos. One time I ate a bunch of Mentos that gave me a yeah. stomachache, not like a nausea, but when I'm for, for some reason, when I'm actually having a really like bad stomachache, like that's not related to I forget about emetophobia, I forget about nausea. I just it doesn't affect that's how I know my emetophobia. That's all anxiety, nausea because yeah. if it feels real, then I would be sick. Right, right. Well, There's no way you can get sick every single day. Right, and that's what I'm saying is, like, I had to kind of sit there for a while and be like, why does my stomach hurt? Like, why am I actually nauseous? Why do I feel like a frog in my throat and, like, I'm like I'm going to have a panic attack all the time? And once I started yeah. dialing into, like, the little things in my life that were bothering me so much and stopped doing them, that's when I started realizing, like, it's all because of my diet, my non-sleep, playing too many video games. I was running away. That was the biggest problem for me is I like to run away from everything all the time. And like, yeah. for instance, I have a doctor's appointment for a couple weekend or a couple weeks from now to get, I have some intestinal things going on where I have a, a pain where my appendix is, but it's been happening for like 10 years and I've just been running away from it. And I don't know exactly what it is. It could be just an intestinal problem. Could just be like something's inflamed inside my body, but it's also making yeah. my chest hurt, like where my heart is and it's making my entire left arm hurt. And it's just this weird like pain I've been having for the last like six or seven months. And I ran away yeah, from it and was like, it'll just go you, you away. You can't run away from your own body. What's that? You can't run away from your own body. Yeah. So I made a, a my first doctor's appointment in over like, I haven't been to the doctor in like 10 years, man. Like it's been a long time. And I feel like it's just time to go. I'm going to get some blood work done. I'm going to do the scary things I've been running away from. I have, my girlfriend's very supportive. She's like going to take the day off of work to come with me and be there with me and stuff. So it's one of those things where I'm just like, it's a huge step in my life to be like, I'm really serious about my health now. And I think that a lot of people are not very serious about their health. And so they'd rather just go in and be like, Hey, my shit hurts. I need some pills. And then they go home and then they're just a bandaid. It doesn't fix anything. So I want to fix the problem. I want to find out what's yeah, wrong you with me. Fix it. You just want to get everything over with so you can just live stress, yeah. anxiety free. Obviously you're not going to be fully cured of emetophobia, but you're going to learn how to live with it perfectly until it fades away. Yeah. That's, that's else. where I'm at now. I'm like, I would like to say I'm about 98% like done with emetophobia. Like it does not affect me on a day-to-day -day basis. I get up, I go to work still, I do everything like a normal person would do. I hate to use the word normal person, but you know what I mean? Like we, yeah, I don't feel like normal sometimes. Non-emetophobic person. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's tough. Cause like I used to not be able to go to the store and I, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I learned this thing about anxiety where it's all about the more you let it take over your mind, the more it's going to take over your mind. So you almost have to just face it head on. Like I couldn't go to the store and stand in line. So what I did was I just stood in line as long as I could until I had, and I would just be like, all right, one more person. And then, I, and then I'm going to wait and then I can walk away at any moment. Like you have to like let yourself be in control still, but also kind of be a little out of control and say like, you know, I'm going to let this one more person go and I can always leave if I want, but I'm going to see if I can just make it till the next person gets up there. And then eventually you're standing in front of the cashier and you're like, all right, here's my 20 bucks, got your bags. And you're like, I'm out the door. Like I did it. I fucking did it. And then yeah, that's the shit that helps. 
a lot. And you don't, the, the thing is, you don't feel any nausea when you're actually having a good time. You ever notice yeah. that? Like, oh, yeah. When you're in the best moments of your life, like, say, uh, recently, I even went on, which is something that I'm metaphobia people metaphobic people don't do i went to kima it's this boardwalk here in houston yeah and i went and i went on a roll i had a fun time a little uh, you went on a roller coaster yeah i went on a roller coaster and honestly i didn't i forgot about metaphobia it was a super hot day and uh hey i I did it though you know that's exciting about metaphobia and i had a good time so i didn't really think think much of it yeah at that time that's usually the night times that i get that i get that you know Right, I the nighttime the trigger the nighttime like when I stay up too late and I don't get enough sleep and I'm really exhausted that's when I get nauseous sure yeah that's a big one it's because it, with lack of sleep comes anxiety and if your anxiety is through the roof then the metaphobia is just gonna it ha, it's like it, it just has such a an easier time taking over your mind when you're really anxious or depressed or going through something mentally like that so it's it's that's why I had to quit my job because I the metaphobia was starting to come back a little bit. Because I, I was around chemicals, I was doing spray foam, which is an insulation, and it's a two-part chemical mixture that like is really, really bad for you, and you should not ever breathe it in. But we were wearing masks, obviously, and everything. But you take your mask off, you're still like in the vicinity of the chemical, so I'm still breathing it in here and there. And yeah. it, I almost got like this weird little addiction to it, where I almost liked the smell of it, and it became a thing where like I would smell it in my mask a little bit and I would start like it would make me nauseous really bad if I didn't like get a little whiff of it every once in a while it was weird dude it was just I've never had that happen but what was it a gas it's it's a two part um it's like a a resin and then it's called isocyanate which is the other the b side and it's basically like a glue and a hardener that mix together and when you spray them if you ever want to see I have a, a account on uh tiktok called sincere frontier or you can search up spray foam guys. That's been my, my account for a long time now. That that will show you everything I, I used to do. But you basically just spray a liquid. It comes out of a big gun and you spray it on the wall and it turns into a foam. And it expands out and it's really hot and it's like a lot of chemicals. It's it's a weird experience. I've never... I, I applied for the job on Indeed and I got the job and I was like, fuck it. Like, let's do it. And I started doing it and I had a really, really good time. I did it for about a year. But I realized that it kind of deteriorates your life away very fast because you're working very hard. It's a it's a very heavy gun and a hose you're carrying around all day. You're in a full suit with a mask on, which for me, having a metaphobia, wearing a mask for some reason, I get a little bit claustrophobic in it and I get nauseous. Dang. It's and I get Just really even hot. The regular face mask. It's yeah. the regular one. Yep. It's yep. Like the, the regular one you wear, it makes you hot and nauseous for some reason and it's scary and i was in a lot of moldy areas and a lot of attics with like animals and bugs and i'm like what if i get fucking rabies and like it's all these what ifs like what if i get bit by a squirrel that has rabies or what if i get stung by a bunch of wasps and it makes me sick or something you know it's just one of those scary situations that i had to deal with but yeah that's that's how that's how it is you're always worried that one thing is going to lead to you getting sick when in reality getting sick is your last resort people can go years and years and years without getting sick like yeah but i've been they can go years without getting sick. 12 years dude I'm, i haven't thrown up in 12 years it's been a long time I'm, that's crazy of you you have had a metaphobia for 12 years i mean i know people have had it longer yeah i've only had it for i would say since 2019 september 2019 i actually remember the date september no it was october 1st 2019 no shit. and it's weird how i remember that at three I think it was like 3.06 in the morning. It's just strange how I remember that exact, like, yeah, that exact time. Because I have a bed, and I, mean, I have a bed, obviously I have a bed. I have a dresser, and it has a, an alarm right there. And 
I remember before I got sick, I turned on the light and I looked at the time and then I tried to open this bottle of Tums because at the time I was addicted, I wasn't addicted to Tums, but I had a lot of acid reflux issues back then, yeah. but I didn't have a metaphobia yet. And I was like, okay, if I, if I get sick, it's no big deal. So like I tried to open the, the Tums and it, they didn't open and I, I started panicking in my mm. mind, and I, and I, I remember I, there's like this mirror in my room, and I looked over, and I literally was green. Oh I don't no! It, but I was green. Yeah, and I got sick, and it was the worst. My mom had to clean it, and the house smelled really bad for a few days. So that's oh, yeah. that's also another kind of reason why. It's just the embarrassment I had, and the sure. sh- I felt shame. Like I felt like shamed in in a weird way, and I, it was so bad. Like those those few days after I got sick. Like, I was fine, but also it was a little bit of trauma, but I didn't really think about it until about January. Um, like I said, the I I was dating somebody at that time, too, and actually I dumped them because I associated them with the getting sick, and I stopped listening to the music that I was listening to that day. Like, I just, everything, just the, everything I did the day before, I just didn't want to see. Also, the restaurant I ate at, which I don't want to say, because even just saying it makes me, makes me a little, eh. Uh, I stopped eating that and I still can't be I can't smell that restaurant anymore I can't look at it I can't I just don't want to see it smell it you see commercials nothing that's like one trauma traumatizing thing for me yeah I feel you. and people I wish people took metaphobia seriously and it's so common but not for men it's not really common for men no not at all that's it's really hard to find men who have it it's kind of crazy my, my podcast is 89% listeners are women so really yeah it's insane Am I the first guy that's ever been on the podcast? I honestly don't know. I can't. I th- I want to say yes. I, there's another guy I think I talked to on Instagram, but I don't think he was ever on the podcast. So I think you might be the first guy on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't hold me to that. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure you are. I don't mean like just because you have metaphobia. I don't mean you're like a weak guy. That that's that. I don't. Everybody has fears, you know. Yeah, of course. Everybody has. Fears. Well, Is I think. It like, what I like to describe a metaphobia is like saying like you're afraid of heights, but you have you have to like every single day take a helicopter to work and sit yeah. on the edge. That's that's how I I explain it. I, explain. I always say that it's like having arachnophobia, and you think that every time you go in public, somebody's gonna pour a bucket of spiders on you. That's how I feel. Like it feels like everywhere I go, all the time, somebody could get sick at any moment, and I like I just it, 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 if they get sick, then I'm gonna be worried about me getting sick in some way, or I'm gonna have a panic attack or something. But in all reality, I've seen a few different people get sick in front of me now in public, and it didn't really affect me as much. Like, I just kind of watched it, and I was like, damn, that really sucks for them. I obviously got the fuck away from them as fast as I could, but it was one of those One things, thing is I've yeah. never seen anybody get sick in no public. Shit. Like, literally in my life, I've never seen anybody get sick in front of me. It's always either drunk no, people or something where, like, somebody's just in a store and I'm very observant. Like I have ADHD already. So I'm like, stay, I'm like yeah. looking at everything. And this person, like sometimes people in line, they just look like out of place. And you're like, I wonder what's wrong with them. And there was one time in the store where this lady just got sick right on the floor, like right next to me while I was in the store. And I was like, oh, okay, I just got, I left. I was like, I can't be here obviously, but I watched it. I just like, and I played it over my head like a million times for the next week. And it just kept making me more and more nauseous and like overwhelmed. And then I was like, all right, we're done with it. Like we did it. Like we went through it. It's fine. Like it's not, it's, I don't know why I'm still on this shit. And it, I finally got past it, but it was just, it was a really tough time for a week or so that, after that. 
Yeah, that's bad luck, though, of seeing that. I've never seen uh, somebody get sick. Like, obviously, at home, I have cause my sister and everything. But in right. public, like, in a public place, a stranger. No, probably the closest I did was I was working in the mall. Like, I work at the mall now. But back, uh, I think it was back in April, yeah. I was working at this. St- I don't know if you ever heard of this store in the mall, but it's called PacSun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ours closed down up yeah, here, worked, though. <laughs> yeah, I worked at PacSun, and I was a sales associate. And uh, that day, I was supposed to do the fitting rooms, but I didn't. And then I remember all my staff were like, like oh this is gross and i'm like huh and they went over to me and they were like somebody you know threw up in the fitting room and i'm like i was like oh no but at the time my metaphobia was so bad like every single day on my way to work i would get panic attacks so i was like afraid that what if my my co-workers picked up some sort of bug from being around the throwing up and then they pass it to me and then i get sick so for like you said for like two weeks straight i was obsessing over that little thing Mm mm-hmm it's out of control. You just, you don't have control of it. That's the thing you did. You're like, what if somebody touched it or what if they yeah, came in contact with it? Or like, what if it's still a little bit in there? Like, six. I didn't see who got sick. So what if they went up to me and asked me a question? Exactly. I, it's scary, dude. That's, and then that's the problem with the metaphobia is it's just such a control problem. It's like, and that, that, my girlfriend now, like I have these weird little things too, where I'm like, I don't like the, I don't want to cut, I like to cut an apple this way, or I don't want to put that much water in here, and I have no idea why, sometimes it's just a ridiculous request, but it's like, she's like, why can't I just put a little bit more water in here, and I'm like, because I don't want you to, I just don't, like, I don't know why, but I just don't (laughs) like it like that, it's just, I have these weird control issues now, where it's not like annoying where I'm becoming a controlling person, but like the way that, because I'm a janitor now, I clean at night, and I clean like industrial buildings, and she'll come with me sometimes because she works at the same place. And she was helping me clean the other night. And I watched her mop. And she, like, mopped against the grain of the floor and, like, didn't mop herself towards one side of the room. And I'm just like, oh, I want to say something so bad. But it, like, doesn't matter. It, like, really doesn't matter. It's just the way I like to do it for some reason. But that's I, I've noticed I picked that up a lot from emetophobia is the control issues I have now. It's like I want everything to be my way or it's like, you know, it's like a problem a little bit. And I'm like, fuck, it's not yeah, a problem, though. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that people with metaphobia, they get sick less than the average person. Big time. Like, We're we always aware of it. We, yeah. we can survive, because actually I had COVID, right? And with COVID, you're supposed to throw up. And actually, I did get nauseous a few times when I had COVID. But it's no, they don't throw up because there's a stomach bug right. with COVID. But people actually throw up from COVID because of the post-nasal drip, I think is what it's yep. called. I, I couldn't smell for almost a month, dude. I lost my sense of smell completely. It was so I know, because at the time, I was the only thing that would help me when I was nauseous was to smell. This was probably bad for me, too, but I used to literally sniff uh, hand sanitizer, and that would help me. Okay. You know, that it's because of the rubbing alcohol. Rubbing alcohol, or, uh, yeah, rubbing alcohol will make you not nauseous if you smell it, believe it or not. Yeah, it's because it puts you into shock almost. It's kind of like how ice, yep. ice kind of puts you into shock. And, I learned that a long time ago, uh, too, yeah. Yeah, and I think with ice therapy, like you were saying earlier, what I was going to say was, I think his point, um, like I don't know him, but what we were saying, I think his point is that you, whatever, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 100%. And if you can survive yep. fucking ice, ice, uh, staying in ice showers, I'm pretty sure you could survive getting sick. And if anything, you're not, there's no way you can die from getting sick unless you um, took heroin and you you choked on your own throat, which is very uh, rare. Oh, yeah. That only happens in movies. Sure. But, I mean, it has happened in real life. But you're, then again, metaphobics, 
that's not going to happen to us. No, we're not we're doing not heroin. I tell you that heroin is the one drug that I will never, ever even look at, bro. Like that's because every time I talk to anybody who's ever done heroin, they're like, oh man, I just got super sick and then I felt so good afterwards. And I'm like, well, that's not for me then. Never, ever is going to do that. Like not even going to try it. Got, they say, that's what they say too. They say after you get sick, you feel so much better. Yeah. Same with morphine. That's why I'm worried. Like if I ever have to go get surgery, I'm really nervous about surgeries and anything with the doctor because they don't understand emetophobia. Even if I brought it up, they would have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. And like, I can't just be like, Hey, give me some stuff. That's not going to make me sick. And it's like, they just don't understand what I'm talking about. Cause it's like, I'm going to be nauseous. I feel like regardless of what they give me, it's just so scary. Like any pain medication or anything is like so hardcore that I can't imagine taking one of those without being sick. Scary. Yeah, medications and stuff. My friend, she, uh, she, uh, she went to go get an abortion and she said she was super sick afterwards. I but they do imagine, give you, yeah. uh, with any surgeries or anything, they're, I think they're, you, if you ask, they can give you anti emetic pills that you can yeah. take. That's what I would like. Yeah. But Cause I'm just so worried about that. Them about that. But I was also worried about that too. Every single time I'll go to the dentist, like, uh, mm-hmm. um, afterwards when I would get, I would get laughing gas. I think it's just laughing gas. Hold on one, buddy. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. What's up? See why our power's out? Why is it out? Like down the road at the corner there. That's the power line. Oh, shit. Yeah. Why is it always our fucking area? The heck is it? Yeah, but there's like two cops and then like oh, okay. a power truck working no on it right shit, now. Dude. Like, well, that makes, that explains yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, he's just fun. telling me about the power being out. What were we just talking about? I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot. Medications. Since it's cold in your area, don't you think that the cold weather is kind of a relief for? I know emetic emetophobics hate. They hate. I like I emetophobia. Emetophobics they hate. They hate cold weather because it, that's when stomach bugs are around. But in my in my perspective, I think the cold weather actually helps nausea because I rarely get nauseous in the winter. I mostly get nauseous in the summer because of the yeah. heat and yeah, I can understand that. I gotta say though, the problem I have with the winter is that I shiver. And when I start shivering, for some reason, sometimes I'll go into a panic attack just from the shivering because it's like the fight or flight response, thinking that I'm like exactly. dying of cold. And lately with the cold showers and doing, I like, I came outside today with no shoes on, which was kind of interesting. I've never, I wanted to just try it because Wim Hof talks about that where he'll like go on morning walks in the snow and he'll just, he won't wear anything but like shorts and that's it. And he'll just go for a walk for like a mile walk like that. And I'm like, I'm going to try it, dude. And it, dude, it's, it's cold, bro. Your feet like hurt. They're so cold. So, but that like the first time I ever did a cold shower, I, it was like super, like it was almost too much. Cause I wasn't ready for how cold it was going to be. And when I got out of the yeah. shower, I had a full blown panic attack for like 20 minutes and I just wasn't expecting it. It was like kind of a good panic attack in a way. It was almost like my body was just relieving itself of so much. All of a sudden it was just like a kind of good experience. But afterwards, I was just like, wow, I haven't had a panic attack in a while. That was weird. Like, and then after that, I didn't have any more. But that first one was, it was so fight or flight so fast that I was just like, like shivering so hard. I just couldn't stop the panic attack from coming. It was weird. Shivering does remind me of panic attacks. Yeah. And the word panic attack is so overused these days. Like, oh, I'm having a panic. But they don't get what a real panic attack. It's like you actually think that there's no way you're going to survive. And it's like there's no deep. way you're going to get out of it, no matter what anybody tells you, no matter what you tell yourself. Like, even if you're like, oh, I remember this is just a panic attack. Even if you're saying that to yourself, you still think this impending doom. I like to call it impending doom. Yeah. But it's literally impending doom. And when you say those words in your mind and you have a panic attack, you think about it. You're like, 
I'm gonna die. Like I, I can't survive this. Uh, I'm not gonna make it out. No, I feel not, you. That's how we for like. A long time I couldn't get in cars. Dude, I had the same problem with cars. Too, too big of dabs will give me that feeling. Like when I was doing a lot of dabs and shit for a while there, because I had a, yeah. I have an account called Misha Cannabis, which was like my little, like backup Instagram account that I made that just, cause I used to grow a lot of weed. I used to be really, I'm still heavily into the cannabis industry, but, um, I'm not, I don't smoke. So it's just one of those things where I've kind of put it on the back burner at this point. Um, I still enjoy weed and I love growing it. I'm, I'm a botanist at heart. Like I've always grown, had a really big garden, done a lot of fruits and vegetables, things like that. Um, but, yeah. uh, when I did too many, sell it at least still, like, do you still, like, sell it to people? No, no, no. I, I don't do anything like that. In, in Michigan here, it's legal, so it's one of those things where, like, it's just super acceptable now. Like, you can just grow weed in your backyard and nobody gives a fuck anymore. Um, but, uh, but for me, I was never really – I never sold it. It was more or less – I wanted to work for companies who did. Like, I like I like the growing side of it. I don't really like the business aspect so much. I just love growing yeah. really good weed. That was my biggest thing. Um, but when I did I, – I had a lot of, uh, like, reviews I had to do for these companies, and they would send me a lot of dabs. I have to take a big ass dab, and when I would, like, I'd get that impending doom feeling bad, like, scary bad, and I did not like the way that weed made me feel at that time, at all. And at least now, now you don't have to do that. But tell me, what is like your, what is your job now besides the whole janitor thing? So I sell items on eBay. That's my biggest thing now. Where I'll go to thrift stores, or garage sales, or like Walmart, Dunham's, anywhere that has sale items. And you can go on the eBay app and you can scan an item by its barcode or just look it up, whatever works. And then you go to um, the little up, upper right-hand corner, the little three dashes or the three dots or whatever it is. Click that and go down and go to the filters and click completed sold. And it will show you how much those items sell for on eBay and how many have sold and what time they sold and what date and everything. So, for instance, today I just packaged up this... Um, it's a Pyrex dish set, and it's like these like weird French-style dish set with lids. You, I don't know really what you even put in them. They're just like to put like bread or something, and I have no idea what they're for. Yeah. But they're kind of cool, and they look rustic and vintage, so I bought them. They were like $3.50 a piece, and I sold them for 75 bucks. and I, I put them in a box today. So I didn't work at all today, and I made $75. I basically put things in a box, and I have to ship them out tomorrow morning. That's it. And you made so, that much money that would take me about that's a whole day's work for me so right and for me I just know. had it took me about 15 minutes probably to post that shit and look it up and then another like maybe 5 minutes to package it all up and then I gotta run it to the post office which is a mile down the road and I just drop it off it's already paid for they paid the shipping and everything so it's done and I sell like right now I'm at about 1500 bucks in the last 2 months that's what I've made so far do you, do you sell like fashion items no, I do not do any clothes anymore. It's too much, too hectic, too many measurements. And then people do a lot of returns on clothes because they don't fit. I don't like to deal with returns. I just do primarily okay. electronics, vintage style stuff like toys and like, it's dude, it's so weird the amount of stuff I sell. There's like, I sold a set of uh, business phones the other day for like $80. I sell the pair of poke. I do sell shoes. I just sell a lot of shoes and I sold um, some Heelys. I sold a pair of Pokemon shoes. I mean anything, but if you're into fashion, like you're talking about, I want to get on your, on the fashion thing for a minute here too, and talk about it. But, 
Um, if you're into fashion a lot, eBay, Mercari, Poshmark, those things, dude, you can make so much money just from sitting at home and doing things you already like doing. You like fashion, you like clothing, you know what looks good together. You could sell sets of clothing that look well together and you could start your own kind of clothing brand on eBay because you make it, make your own store basically. Mine's called Michigan Treasures, which I don't know if I should have released that information, but at this point, like, fuck it. If anybody goes to it, buy some items, it is what it is. You know, I I have, I have a good, I have a big, I mean, I don't have a big following, but you mean, you see my Instagram, it's pretty decent following and you know, shout it out. People might like, like vintage, uh, toys or whatever shoes sure and you they, can always sell like stuff on instagram itself too like they have their own little store feature and facebook marketplace recently i got onto and i've sold a couple items on there but not i don't really like facebook marketplace because there's no like it's just weird like i have to kind of use my own profile my name and everything and then people are just messaging me directly and they're like hey i want this item and blah, blah, and it's just weird like with ebay people just buy it and then i just have to ship it out there's really no talking they, to anybody. they don't care who you are exactly yeah. i had my own clothing store i ran my own clothing store it was my merch but it was also kind of my clothing brand and i made a good amount of money of it but i didn't know about how you have to keep i didn't know okay this is a bad thing i didn't know that you had to keep the money that you like the money you made from the shop you couldn't just blow it right away, or not right. right away, but you couldn't just blow it. You had to literally keep almost more than you made just to be able to stay stable in a business standpoint until you actually get a profit. Sure. And what I did, my mistake was I was using the money that I was making. I made, I think I made like $1,000 and I literally blew it. <laughs> and then like whenever people started buying more and more items, I didn't have enough money in my account because I was literally broke to, to, uh, to buy because like pretty much the way it worked was i was selling through big cartel and print fools so i had to pay money to them so they can make this like maybe yeah. 15 dollars shirt but then i would sell it for like 45 dollars sure. and it seems like a big thing but then also the shipping and everything uh it was a lot so i would have to pay pretty much 35 dollars to even like send it out to them yeah and then but i didn't have money to do that so my bank account went Went negative. So, I, was, I wasn't even using a business account. I was using a, my personal PayPal and yeah. my 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 main uh, bank account. Like that's my, I use. So I do the same thing for mine. Yeah, I use the, my main bank account. Yeah, I, I went negative and it was really bad and I was depressed about that. You. But speaking on fashion, uh, just getting dressed for me. The thing that helps me too is just literally self-care like making myself smell good feel good sure. uh getting really super dressed feeling like a handsome man i'm just kidding <laughs> but just feeling like i'm looking good you know that yeah. always that's always been a confidence booster and when i have confidence i don't i don't get nauseous because i'm not anxious and i i feel like i can beat emetophobia at that point i'm yeah. like yo I, I i feel and look good not in a narcissist way but i i feel self-confident so i honestly don't Fuck a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what real, I say. Dude. I say, fuck it. I can get sick right now. Okay. Uh, all right. Between me and you right here on the whole fashion trend for a second, why don't we start fucking, well, we, we don't have to do it, but this is an idea for you if you want to do this. You should start creating shirts that say that fuck a metaphobia on them, like something like uh, revolving around that. And that's, that's kind of your niche. Like that's what I was planning on doing was, um, just, I have a buddy that makes graphics for me. He's like my logo guy that I go to for every logo I ever need made. And he hand draws them all out and does everything. But he does like shirt packages. Like if you want five different designs for shirts, he'll give you a kind of a deal on it for all the five designs. I've been thinking about going that route and making some emetophobia styled clothing or hats or anything like that or like phone cases and uh, rocking that shit out because 
now that I have like the platform to sell it on and I have like, kind of a social media following, my the podcast has about 7,000 listens so far, which is pretty good. Like, I'm pretty happy with that. That's, That's really good. It's quite a few. That's really good. I, I was not expecting that at all. With only like nine or 100 listeners, that's about all we have. So I'm like, damn. Um, but with that, it'd be kind of cool to do that. Go into your podcast too, because I know there's a lot of people who like my music and stuff like that, and they support me and watch my YouTube channel. They actually have a metaphobia too. Sure. They, they know what it's like. It's, and with a fucking metaphobia, I would rather do, if I was doing fashion for it, um, if I was you, I would do like, get just make a logo that looks so like badass and modern yeah. minimalistic but then put it on phone cases and but nobody knows what it stands for except for metaphobics and pretty much it just means fucking metaphobia but that'd be cool yeah like the whole let's that. go brandon thing that you keep hearing about all the time the what that let's go brandon have you heard about that thing no i've never heard of that it's basically like a, a jab at biden i'm not a huge i don't want to talk about like um politics. politics at the moment but it's it's a thing that people keep writing on everything um about Biden being like an old man and like they're just basically talking shit. It's ba- instead of saying fuck Biden, they'd rather put let's go Brandon. It's like a way to say fuck Biden without actually typing fuck Biden. And uh it's just a weird situation, but that I was just using that as an example for the emetophobia thing. Like it could just be some like slogan or something that's basically saying fuck emetophobia, but we're the only ones that know about it. It's kind of cool. Like a little inside club, you know. Yeah, like but. an inside club, and then only metaphobics should know about it. And there's so many metaphobia is it's such a big issue, but nobody really touches on it. And yeah, people probably have a metaphobia without them realizing. All, it. A lot of times, I'll, I'll get people messaging me that'll be like, it, I, "Honestly, the overwhelming amount of positivity that comes out of this podcast is crazy." Like, I get messages almost daily on Instagram and on my email, either telling me like an entire story of their life on how this all happened or how the podcast helped them or how they're like, they felt so alone and they found this kind of group of people who have been talking about this. And it's been like overwhelmingly amazing. Like I've never had this much support on something in my whole life. And I think There's it's just even be- celebrities who have, who have yeah, a hundred percent. I, I think like I, James Dean, I, I, uh, I admired, there's an actor named James. Everybody knows James Dean. I'm pretty sure. You yeah. Yeah. Heard of him. Yep. Uh, you know, he had a metaphobia. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. No, I, I looked up a, it. there's a, uh, article about that a bunch of people who have metaphobia who are famous it's kind of crazy yeah like um who uh, who is it uh cameron diaz yep i, I heard about her cameron diaz yep it's crazy how she has a metaphobia yeah she's she's is a celebrity she's just to deal with all these i could only imagine the panic attacks she she has had before especially being under that much pressure yeah being a celebrity and then yeah. she can't really openly talk about it because people probably think she's weird or it's insane i don't know you know how people you know how people are with the metaphobia I just usually don't announce to everybody I have metaphobia. I'm more, I just tell people who are close to me. Same. But all my social media, obviously, people have to know. So, obviously, for you. What, how did you get into fashion? What was the, the change for you there? After, um, I've always been to fashion. I've always been into just dressing well. And my stepdad, he, uh, he's always been a big fashion guy. Really. He's also, he was, uh, before, he came to live with us he was actually uh he was the manager for the cumbia kings it's a mexican like a cumbia mexican uh group and they were, he's actually the ab king tenia the lead singer not the lead singer the, the leader of cumbia kings he's the brother of selena you know the mexican singer yes i do yeah 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 so he's there's actually a new show about that and everything um but he was the manager for the Cumbia Kings, and he would always do their outfits and their stylists and everything. Like, he was a stylist pretty much for them, a manager, road manager, everything. But when he came to live with us, he taught me how to dress. And 
you know, I was like little at that time. Right. But as I got older, I kind of stopped talking, you know, I kind of just stopped listening to what you had to say about fashion and everything. Cause I thought it was dorky to, to all, all these fashion rules. And then right. once I got older and he passed away just recently, I started really getting deep into fashion again. And I was more, when I was younger, not more younger, but when I was like a teenage, like I'm still a teenager. When I was 15, <laughs> 16, 17, I was really known on Instagram. Actually, my YouTube video has 20,000 views. Uh, wow. Had addressed emo. Okay. So at the no time shit. I was emo. Yeah. yeah. So my emo fashion was my big thing. But once, once I started got out of that, I started going towards um, Korean fashion and minimalistic fashion and uh, just really classy fashion, dapper fashion, street fashion, just all the fashion rules. So I started studying about fashion and just tailoring, measuring, all that stuff. And I really wanted – this is – mind you, this is all before I even started the clothing store. So I've always been into fashion. But right now I'm at my most serious moment with fashion. And I honestly – I wish that I could be a fashion model, but I'm not built like that. Like I'm not super tall. I'm 5'8". Who um, gives a fuck, man? People are all different sizes as fashion models. Be your own fashion model. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can only do fashion modeling from, like, the neck all the way to the waist, but, like, my legs are – they're too short for that, you know? Sure. And I have really uh, broad shoulders. It just my, – my body isn't made to do fashion. But I like styling. That's that's all I like to say. I like styling. I get a lot of inspiration from, um, like, 50s fashion, but I mix it with modern fashion, and then I mix it with Korean fashion. There you go. Because, you know, like, K-pop is the – you know, their their fashion is probably – one of the best i would say korean fashion in general is just and then minimalistic fashion i mixed it all together and made my own style sort of and now i just post it and i uh people send me stuff from their shops and then i wear it and i post it that's awesome and yeah so that's pretty much that's considered modeling i guess yeah so that's I like what to say yeah, i am a fashion model that's what i've been learning too a lot lately is like i try to not take advice from anybody anymore and if i want to do something i just fucking do it there's no like yeah i wonder if i can i'm just like no i'm just gonna do it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but if it works fuck yeah at least because i make skate videos a lot too and i just released one uh the other day i don't know if you saw that one i I made but a lot of people i I sent it out and a couple people said well there's a little bit too much b-roll in this man i don't know it's a good video though and i'm just like the B-roll is the whole point of the video. I like the B-roll. Like, so you got the main skate clips and everything works out really well. I like to tell a story in my video versus just having like some Playboy Playboy Cardi song within a bunch of fucking slow motion people doing scooter tricks and shit. That's just I don't like that. It's not my shit. I don't want to make videos like that. And so yeah, I but think the people who usually give you that kind of advice, like I hate to say, it, I hate criticism. I'm pretty sure you do too, but I, I do fucking too, yeah. hate it because it's my own creation and I like the way I did it. Even if I look back at it and I don't like it. Yeah. That's my mistake, you know. It's tough. But I don't like when people try to tell me how to do my shit, especially when I look at and they're not doing anything. Exactly. Like they literally. Yes. I remember somebody straight up. Uh, I went to this girl's house one time. This is back when I released my album last year, and I'm not gonna lie, I don't like my album anymore that I released out last year. That's sure. my mistake. But I went to this girl's house and her friend was over, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have like a little uh, listening thing." So we listened to my album, and then afterwards, her friend was like, "This is shitty." And then I told her, I'm like, damn. Well, you know, I'm the artist, so you know, it don't really matter. I'm like, I'm like, what music have you done? That's what I asked her. I said, what music have you done? And she's like, I'm the listener though, so I know what's good and what's bad, and this isn't that good. Right. That's one she's opinion. Like, one opinion. Yeah. 
Yeah, but just being the listener, you know, you don't realize how much heart and how much passion goes into it. Because the music, the music, and even like the skate videos, it's yeah. not about the actual art, how it sounds, music. It's more about what's behind it. Like we said with your B roll, yeah, you're actually telling a story because it's not just about the skating. It's about it's about the per- the people who are skating. Yeah, it's not about the music. It's about the artist, the story it tells. Big time. And with the fashion, it's not about the person what it's not about the the how the actual clothes the material is how it looks it don't matter you can be i've seen some people spend the stupidest shit like five hundred dollars on a fucking bart simpson t-shirt mm-hmm. but then you can buy a, a perfectly good wardrobe for five hundred dollars under five hundred dollars that looks classy as fuck fitted tailored and everything and you'll probably look 20 times better than the guy yeah. wearing the Bart Simpson t-shirt. I'm the That's guy $500. that I'm the guy that sells the Bart Simpson t-shirt for $500 on eBay though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you find it for like $5. Yep. For real. No, that vintage shit. Like you find anything like MC hammer, NWA, any of the old nineties shirts right now, they go for like a couple hundred dollars a piece, even in like shitty condition, like ripped and stuff. People still buy them. That's another you're thing like, too. You're like, I wouldn't, you're like, I wouldn't spend that much money on it, but hey, no, I'm hell no. It, so. But people, I see a lot of these girls that lately they'll buy sweatshirts at the thrift store, like just blank sweatshirts or like a polo or anything, and they'll go home and they'll like cut it in some certain way or like uh, just kind of make their own shirt out of it, and then they'll resell it for like a hundred dollars. And they bought it for three bucks at Goodwill. They did some cutting and maybe like they, I don't know, like bleached it in some way or like just put on some like word like with a fucking iron on the bottom and then they'll just sell it for a hundred bucks as their own thing and it's just kind of crazy how that shit works like I, I just i wish i could do that stuff i'm just not as inclined to do it as they are i guess you're like yeah you're like i, I would just sell it you know yeah. i'm not really into the i'll sell i'll sell the vintage like 1980s uh speakers and like uh headsets and shit like that so i don't know it's fun stuff I sell a lot of yeah, I mean, 80s style electronics. A lot of people like that, like calculators and old TV sets or like any like anything, dude. Anything that's old and vintage, people love that shit. Yeah, some people are really. I've real, I've realized that all the the vintage. I'd say vintage, but like the everything from the 70s up has been really popular lately. Yeah, big time. People Even the mullets shit. came back. I don't know if you noticed that, but the mullets have came back. Yeah, I've seen a I'm lot of mullets mullet. lately, dude. I see a lot of them lately, honestly. I'm not, I'm not, I think it's a combination of actually in K-pop that became a big thing, mullets, yeah. and, but also all the BTS, they all grew mullets, but also like the goth alt scene, they also started, yeah. everybody started growing mullets there. I've been too, bringing so back, when I became mainstream. bringing back my high school I'm days with the, mullet, with the black nails, man, I gotta rock them again, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't do that anymore, but I kind of, yeah. I kind of. I kind of miss the days of me with my emo hair and everything. Like, if you look after this, you know, everything, after this interview, if you look, I have a video called How to Dress Emo, and I have, like, emo hair in it, and yeah, it's like, I don't know, at the time, it was, I don't know, that was me back then. Now I'm just myself. Fuck yeah. I was myself back then, too. I wasn't trying to be anything I'm not. Sure. I th- but I do, cr- I do cringe. I think a big part of a lot of the stuff that's going on lately too with people is their ego is getting in the way of everything. That's something that I don't think I've ever really had is this like big ego like most people have. So I kind of just like live my own. I was an only child. I had an alcoholic mom who did not pay attention to me at all. So there was no like, oh, you got to perform. You got to be good for these people. You got to do that. It was just like go outside, play, have fun, use your fucking imagination, do whatever you want, come back in before dark. That's it. So like there was never an ego involved in my childhood. And then there was like a little bit of an ego involved as I was growing up. But even then I just didn't give a shit what people thought or what they cared about. I was like, if I'm comfortable, I like what I'm doing and I'm happy, then I'm good to go. And that's where I've kind of brought that into my adult life. And I watch these, like I drive a $350 van. 
It is broken to shit. It looks terrible. The window's broken, has tape around it. But it works. It's paid off. It's great. I don't have to pay exactly. anything extra. It gets me to work every they day. They care so much about what people think. It's insane, dude. It's insane. Some people even dress. They dress to impress other people. I only dress to impress myself and help my anxiety. That's the only sure. thing that really helps my anxiety. Yeah. But people literally do. They'll buy this shit. Like, guys, they will spend their whole life, spend their money trying to look good and buy cars just to impress women. Oh, yeah. Like, in reality, women don't even give a fuck about no. money. It's honestly about your charisma. No, it's about your career. And honestly, when you look at a guy in a big lifted truck with his fucking work boots on and his like five hundred dollar sunglasses and shit, that, that dude looks like a douche. He looks like he's overcompensating for the fact that he's a douche. You know what I mean? Like, no offense to those kind of guys, I guess, but in my all reality, like, I worked around a lot of those people. Like this vest I bought right here, this is thrift store fine, three dollars and fifty cents. This sweatshirt, three bucks at Goodwill. It keeps me warm as shit, and it looks good, and it has these really warm pockets. I put my hands in; they're like insulated pockets. It's it's a very um, it's useful. I like things that are useful. I bought the shoes. I'm wearing a pair of uh, what are these? Fila's. I got at the um, Burlington Coat Factory for twenty four bucks. Been rocking these things for a few months now. I don't buy like shoes or boots or anything. Like I only buy it when I need it. And this hat I got at the good at the um, thrift store. It's a hemp hat that I got for a dollar. Like. This is the shit I wear. I'm not. I'm and not you about. Look, you look fine. It's not like you look like you bought it at the thrift store. Right. Yeah, it looks like you are a regular working class guy. It's not nice regular, stuff. But yeah. you know, it looks like you're. You don't. You don't look like you're. You know, like like you spent two dollars on it. it. Looks like you just. You know, just a regular. It's a nice, guy with dude. An this this jacket probably costs like forty, fifty bucks when somebody bought it, and then I just secondhand bought it from the thrift store. It's it's like. The warmest, I don't have to, I'm outside, it's probably like 20 degrees outside right now, and I'm in this car that's been cold as shit. I'm not cold at all, I feel fine. The The cold yeah, showers exactly. help a lot too, though, that gets me really into this whole like cold season, like I don't shiver anymore, I can deal with being in the cold for a long period of time without getting cold anymore, it's kind of cool. That's the good thing about, yeah, your ice meditation, yeah. I, I, is that the right word, ice meditation? Yeah, you could you could call it that for sure. Um, I, how, how long have we been going? It's a hour and 20 minutes so far we've been on this call um let's wow. let's touch a little bit on some meditation and then we'll talk about like where everybody can find you at and everything and then we'll head out on this one and we might have a part two to this one all right all right uh meditation so what i do for my meditation is pretty much i'll sit i'll go in a place where you know i i how do i explain it this is hard for me to explain it but pretty much i learned this from an app called headspace it's, this is not yep. sponsored i've, I've seen headspace <laughs> but I learned yeah, it from yeah. an app called headspace and also a combination of russell brand's meditation for anxiety cool. what i do is i i sit down in a place and i first feel the tension in my feet like my whole body i feel it i know there's tension there but what you are you do hold tension is in your stomach in your jaw in your hands and i think the other place that you hold tension is I think it's your your actually your thigh muscles because that's the place whenever you start shivering that's where you feel it the most sure. but it's all those places and it's not just for meta, uh, metaphobia this is also just for generalized anxiety um, but you want to have a perfect amount of control so I like to look at it as meditating is it's kind of just being in tune with you being in the present. That's what I like to say. Being in the present moment, not thinking about what could happen, what is going to happen, what just happened. It's about being here in the present, realizing that you're okay. You're alive. Why are you? Don't think about getting sick. Don't think about 
is a is a plane gonna crash on me like even that's probably bad that's a bad example but anything like that just just anxiety is just fear the fear of the unknown fear of what it feels like so meditation is just like bringing yourself back to the present moment and that's why when you start with Andy Pudding Combs or even Russell Brands, you feel the tension in your – you go from your feet and then you – he says like relax your feet and then relax your thighs and then your stomach, your arms, your hands, your fingers, the neck, and then the head. And then literally after that moment. For sleep-wise, I like to count backwards from 1,000 and I'll just keep counting backwards. Not focusing on the numbers, not trying to accomplish anything, just letting those numbers pass by. So you're just thinking like 1,900. It's kind of like counting sheep. I don't know if that's if you ever did that when you were younger. It's just something to focus on. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So you're you're, okay. So in this process, like I explained, you're in the present moment. You're realizing you're not going to get sick. You're good. You're relaxed. We already went through letting go of the tension in your feet, the thighs, the stomach, the neck, and the head, and your hands and your fingers. So once you're you're done with that, you're relaxing, say you're sitting or you're trying to go to sleep, you're counting backwards, not trying to accomplish anything. But by the time you get to around, I would say, 950, you're probably either dead asleep or you're fully calm. Right. After that, you can open your eyes again, bring yourself to the present moment. But whenever I open my eyes, for some reason, after all these meditations, my eyes are always watery. And I think it's because I'm subconsciously crying because I'm relieving so much tension and and fear. And it's just all coming out. But I don't realize it. I'm not, you know, crying, crying. But it's all coming out. And I also feel like a lip, like my my lip twitches, Mm kind of, like as if I was crying. But it's so like, it starts twitching afterwards because I was probably holding in so much. But my face was honestly like, my muscles were so relaxed, but once I come back to the present moment, I'm actually talking again, and I'm actually moving my face, moving my eyes. I realize that I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. And even with my eyes being watery, like I just cried. It was all because it was my internal. I like to say my internal epiphany was crying inside and needed to be let out. Sure. And now that it's let out, I'm back into my own body knowing hey i'm fucking okay you know i'm here i'm alive well i'm 18 now i'm an 18 year old boy i'm healthy why the hell am i worried if i'm gonna have a heart attack like or i'm gonna get sick like is there any reason why i could get sick no then why are you panicking like getting sick is a rare thing and you're back to the present moment and sorry if it came out weird trying to explain it i've actually never explained it to anybody no you you made me (laughs) calm just explaining that i was like i feel calm now feels good it's nice yeah Maybe we can. I don't know if we have if we have time for this on the thing, but maybe we can do a mini meditation. Yeah. All right. It'll it'll only take ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. All we right. got about ten minutes. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. All right. So, what you want to do is first you got to relax the shoulders. That's what everybody says. Okay. You got to relax the shoulders. Just sit. Just sit upright. You know, make sure you're not fully leaning back on something. I know you're in a car, so it might be. No, it's a little weird in the car, but. <laughs> um, just close the eyes. Okay. Just close the eyes. Focus on your toes right now. My toes are frozen. <laughs> okay, your toes are your toes are cold. Okay, okay, but your toes are there. I want you to 
move your toes. Just move them and know that you're focused fully on your toes right now. Mm-hmm. Now just relax your whole foot. Just let go of the tension. And then slowly let all the tension from your foot go up into your lower leg and then into your thighs. And now your legs are fully relaxed. And then your stomach, just let it go. Let Just let it go. And take a deep breath in. Hold for 10 seconds. And I don't know if you felt it, but your heart was slowing. Like you could feel the, your heartbeat slowing. Oh, yeah. Okay. And now you want to let go of all the tension in your arms. See, so your, your shoulders are already relaxed, but you want to let go of the tension in your upper arms. And then your lower arms. And then your hands and then the fingers. Now, the sounds around you right now. What do you hear? What do you see? I mean, you don't see anything. It's black. Yeah. And what do you hear? Um, I'm not a good coach with this. But you do hear, what do you hear? Cars? Do you hear? Yeah, there's some cars. Um, Pretty quiet, actually. There's a car running next to me because my roommate's leaving soon, but I can't really hear. It's just like a little rumble. There's a car that is, like, I live right next to a road, so there's a lot of cars passing, but it's not super loud. Those cars, you're back. See, you're back. You're, you're the cars, you hear the cars noises, the sound of the natural wind, maybe some snow, maybe it could be anything, but it's the natural elements, humans. Now you hear those sounds. Now you want to count backwards from 50, but you're not trying to accomplish anything, just letting the numbers pass by. But you just want to count backwards from 50, so I'll let you take a moment to do that. I'm also going to do it. And I'll let you know when I'm done. Okay. Actually, we don't have to do count backwards from 50. That's just to go to sleep. Let's do 20. Let's do 20. Okay. Get 20. Just let the numbers pass by. Don't try to accomplish anything. And let me know when you're done. Once you're done, don't open your eyes. I'll let you know when to open your eyes. Your body should be fully relaxed by now. Okay, I'm done. All right. Now I want you to take a moment. Slowly open the eyes. Before you do anything, just take a moment to hear again the sounds around you. The natural sounds, like the cars, uber the calm, super calm right now. And now you can come back, and now you're back to regular. There's nothing that can harm you. You're alive. You're okay. That was nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you. Feel I hope everybody listening to the podcast better. just had a nice little meditation session wherever you are. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and also it also helps because people say, well, I would say girls but people say i have a very calming voice i don't know if you, you do so. yeah that's what i was gonna i was gonna say you definitely do have a calming voice for sure yeah i just wish i could use it to calm myself in panic moments but yeah I can't. 
I have I have something to add to all this as well. Yeah. So, like, I, I talked about Wim Hof earlier. He hangs out with Russell Brand. They have some talks sometimes. I've seen them on some things talking together before. But yeah. uh, Wim Hof has this thing called the Wim Hof breathing method. I don't know if you ever heard about that. Yeah. It's no, I've never heard of it. Basically, you, you, do, you do this. It's kind of rough at first. Like, you almost have to lay down in a bed and, like, get yourself ready for this because you, you, there's a possibility you could pass out. Like, it's, it's a, re- a little intense the first time you do it. But you basically do this. You go... Like hard? Hard. Like hard. In and out. Like as hard as you can. Not as hard as you can, but just kind of feel... Do it in your... in your uh, Breathe into your stomach. You know what I mean? And you, you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll feel the oxygen. Like it gets intense. But that's why like you should lay down in a bed. Don't ever do it while you're driving or while you're doing anything where you're standing up because you, you may pass out. But you do this for 30 times. Like 30 breaths in and out. And then you take in one last deep breath. I think I can't remember if it's you push, you let all the breath out, or you take a deep breath. I believe it's you let all the breath out completely. And then you hold that for as long as you can until you just need to breathe again. And you'll do that same thing. You'll feel your heartbeat, and it goes like boom, 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 boom. And it gets like slower yeah, and slower. slower. And then it'll sometimes it'll it'll start going faster. Sometimes it'll go slower. It just depends on the situation you're in at the moment. But yeah. those that's like my way of meditating now in the mornings when I wake up. Cause nobody else is at my house, but me my roommates are there, but they're not like, I'm just in my room by myself and I have a cat and everything. And he'll just be sitting on the bed with me, staring at me and I'll do these like breathing exercises. And the first time I ever did this dude, I cried my eyes out. Like it was weird. I just had this overwhelming, like just sense of like empowerment all of a sudden. And it just made me super emotional. I think it's also yeah. the chemicals in my brain are changing because of my diet I was going through some withdrawals from the the sugar and the caffeine and everything else. So all of that combined made me have this weird moment where it almost just like let out a ton of emotion at once. It was insane. It was just like a super relief, like getting into a hot shower and then feeling the calmness and like, whoa, I'm okay. Like, yeah, I can do anything. It was insane. And he like, I got the app. Wim Hof has an app that you can download. I wouldn't suggest getting the app just because you have to pay for it to do extra stuff. But if you want to just learn a little more about it, that's like the app you could get into it with. Um, yeah. But YouTube videos also. He has a ton of YouTube videos. He loves talking about this stuff because it's so useful. And he's just like, I'm not trying to make money off this shit. I just want to teach people how to do this stuff because it's really exciting that you can do this with your body. But I learned those breathing methods and I did that shit. And a lot of people talk about those like super emotional moments that they have doing this. And... It's just a, it's a huge release for your body. And it, once you're done, I've felt so calm after doing those types of things. And like, my head is clear. I feel like I'm just a new man, dude. Like, it's insane how different I feel after doing those things. But I, I, like, I, I, I was a terrible way of explaining that. But if you just, anybody listening to the podcast or you or anybody wants to look up the Wim Hof breathing method, it's intense, but it works. Like it actually does work. And then pairing that with the cold showers, um, learning all about Wim Hof and the way he does his things has almost helped me to understand my emetophobia on a whole new level that I've never thought I ever could because it's strange. It's like, it's like you're avoiding, it's not, you're avoiding it, but it's like, Whoa, like I'm okay. It's, it's a hundred percent. Um, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. That's what it is. That's, it's like a, almost a placebo effect, but it works. Like it's, it's your, you're tr- tricking your body into going into fight or flight and then making it come out every time being fine at the end. And then you eventually realize like, Hey, shit's not as scary as I thought it was. Like my social anxiety is almost non-existent now. I feel very comfortable talking to people, very just aware of things. I'm aware of myself and my emotions. And I'm like, 
I'm almost happy when I'm sad because I'm like, I'm feeling emotion again, which is weird. Like I, I, I was running away from my emotions for so long and like using drugs and alcohol to kind of get away from things. And now I'm feeling my emotions again. And it's not, it has nothing to do with my food or anything else. It's just my like pure emotion happening. And it's just so beautiful, dude. Like as a man, I feel super vulnerable, but I think that's a good thing because men don't let themselves feel vulnerable very often. And it's a huge part of being a man sometimes. And it's just great, man. It's really great. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad I had this talk. I learned a lot from you. That's good. I hope you learned some from me. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah, I did. Of course I did. I hope I inspired you to do something. <laughs> no, it's, it's been great. I mean, you, you definitely got me thinking about fashion and doing more meditation because I don't do enough meditation like that at all. It's definitely very... Yeah, uh, you could. Lately, I haven't been doing it a lot, but yeah. I, I think that it also... I like to only do it whenever I have panic attacks, but I should, I should probably, I need to make it a habit again to start yeah. doing it on a daily basis. Make because it a routine. Doing it when you only have panic attacks is like praying when you're going through your worst. Sure. Like it's kind of the same concept, like only praying, only hoping for God for money or if you're in poverty, but not praying to him and to thank him for anything. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not like a religious person. I don't want to get in religion, but, oh, that's fine. But, but like with the meditation thing, it's like thanking yourself. Like, okay, you're okay right now. How about you reward yourself and, it just do a little meditation and you'll yeah. you know i know you're not panicking right now but do do some breathing exercises at least you yeah. know, relax treat For yourself I, that's I, probably the best way to treat yourself we always tend to uh or we mostly tend to focus on our bodies all the time and we forget that this yeah. thing in our head is super duper important too and it's like without the mentality and the physicality being in tune then it's just not going to work you know so. the thing is emetophobia it's all in your head all of so it. when you can master at least making your mind calm it literally helps your whole body because the metaphobia the, the nervous system is is your mind and it's connected to your uh digestive system Big so time. that's where so that's where it comes because you as a human you could actually control whether you get sick or not but yeah. the point about metaphobia is it's it's about being okay with living with it but also trying to defeat it you know i want to say one more thing before we go too there's a story I heard. I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast. He was talking to somebody about the mind and how crazy it is. There's a guy. He got stuck in a freezer. He was fixing a freezer on a train or something like that. And he got stuck in there. And he was in there for like, I think an hour or something. And he convinced himself that he was freezing to death. And he ended up dying in the freezer. For, I don't exactly remember how he died. But he either thought he froze to death or had a heart attack or something happened in there where he worried himself to death literally and it came to be that the freezer wasn't even on it didn't even work it was warm in there it was fine it was like room temperature there was no cold at all but he thought the freezer was working and his brain thought the freezer was working and he ended up dying because of this and it was all in his fucking head so your mentality has a lot to do with how you portray yourself as as in the real world you know what i mean so it's a huge deal to keep your mentality straight and keep it in good standing. Because if not, then you can literally worry yourself to death, 100%. Yeah. It also causes stress in the future, worrying all the time. It also causes yeah. hair loss. Nobody likes no. nobody likes a guy with a receding hairline, you no. know. So, so you gotta keep you gotta keep your uh, you gotta keep your face in check. You gotta keep everything in check. And it also goes back to the one simple saying, cliche saying, the three words: "You'll be fine." You'll be fine. And That's you're it. not alone, man. That's my big saying for this podcast is you are not alone. We are all in this together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so do I say, do I say you're, we, what is it? You're not alone. You're not alone. 
It's my my yeah, my tagline for everything. You're not alone. I'm here. Yeah. He's here. We all have bad phobia, but guess what? It doesn't make us. It doesn't make us weak. It doesn't make us weird. It makes we're just regular people with fears. We're honestly more awesome than most people if you really think about it. So. Yeah, we're admitting. Or we're we're admitting it. Hell yeah! All that being said, where can people find you at? My Instagram is Angelo Vanity, and my channel, my YouTube channel is also Angelo Vanity. My Spotify is Angelo Vanities. Everywhere is Angelo Vanity. Yeah. And oh. I'm also coming out with a new book soon. It's Ooh. called Chains and Beautiful Pain. It's a fictional memoir, and it does include a little bit of metaphobia, no triggers, obviously. Good deal. But it's mostly a fictional memoir, kind of like an adult journal, but except the fictional. I just changed the names because cool. obviously I don't want any issues legally. Sure. Legally wise. Like obviously, I changed my name, you know, my friends' names, everything. So that that's that's there. Chains and beautiful pain. It'll come out. I don't know when. But hopefully, in the future, there'll be a movie adaption or TV adaption. Good deal, man. That's really exciting stuff, man. I appreciate it. Um, I will definitely yeah. tag all your stuff down below in the in the podcast show notes so that everybody can find you and stuff. And I'll share this on the Instagram and everywhere else. You can definitely have a, a copy for yourself to share wherever you'd like as well. So. It's been a yeah, very fun time. Yeah, when I post it on my YouTube channel, I'll put the link to the app Headspace. That app has really helped me. Good the deal. way I actually found Headspace was through an artist, a musician called Black Bear. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of Black Bear. He yeah. yeah, yeah, he actually uses that too. So that's where I got it from. That's really so cool. check out Andy Putty Comes videos. Black, I'll put the link to uh, Headspace, Russell Brand's meditation, Andy Putty Comes meditation. Cool. And your your Instagram. So I'll put that on mine. But obviously on yours, you'll put to my stuff and to any other things because it's you know it's your podcast hell yeah buddy no so, I'll definitely I'll tag everything I can on there so you, you got all your stuff in there as well alright thank you for this opportunity this yeah. is like my first quote unquote interview that's exciting so, man it's exciting thank you for coming on I really appreciate it alright have a good day you too man see you later alright bye Heck yeah, guys. That was an awesome podcast. Again, you can find him over on Instagram at Angelo Vanity. That's A-N-G-E-L-O Vanity. Also on YouTube under the same name. Go show some love. Make sure to go like uh, his posts on his page. Um, I can be found over on Instagram at The Emetophobia Podcast. I'm also on YouTube at The Emetophobia Podcast. Um, these episodes are now going to be released on YouTube as well as on all the streaming platforms for this podcast. So thank you guys so much for all the support. It's been overwhelming positivity with all the support lately. Um, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to, to reach out and ask me any questions you'd like. We can always have a conversation. If you want to be on the podcast, also make sure to DM me on Instagram or YouTube or leave a comment or whatever you need to do. Um, and I can definitely get you guys on the podcast. I'd love to have more people on, have more interviews. Um, and yeah, have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next podcast. Peace.